0: Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Thank you for the download and thanks for listening today. Today I have Laura McLeod with me. She is a licensed social worker and she's also the creator of the From the Inside Out project, Laura combines two decades as a union employee with her social work and graduate-level teaching skills to weave a remarkably effective technique of improving staff communication. Welcome, Laura. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks,
1: Brandon. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, so today I really wanted to focus in on communication in the workplace. And and, and I know the From the Inside Out project really focuses on getting people to communicate. So could you just tell listeners and, and me, just kind of educate us on what is this Uh, from the Inside Out project?
1: Well, what I've done is I've taken literally all of my experience and put it all together. So I'm a licensed social worker, but that was something I did a little bit later in life. I came to New York originally to be an actress, and as I'm sure many of you know, uh, actresses are also waitresses and bartenders and all kinds of things like that. Um, So I had a very nice career as an actress, but in the meantime, between jobs, I did a lot of um, work in the hospitality industry and the hotel industry, and that's where I got my 20 plus years as an hourly employee. And when I went back to school uh, to get my social work degree, I studied group work. So group work is essentially um, working with small groups of people over a particular issue. It can be something like a support group for grief and loss. It can be a meeting. It can be a staff training. Uh, anything where a group of people is together and someone is leading it. And this was what I enjoyed about social work, and this is what, I, what drew me to, to the work this idea of facilitating groups of people working out problems and issues and, and supporting each other. And when I went back to my hotel job, I thought, you know, this this could be useful here, because what I saw, and I'm sure you and other viewers have had this issue in any job you have, we've all got issues with co-workers, supervisors, people. People are different, and they have... Um, No problems small and large. And what was happening, what I saw in my work uh, as an hourly employee was that we weren't doing well, meaning we as a group of bartenders or restaurant employees um, weren't doing our best at serving the people. And uh, we weren't doing our best, basically. And it wasn't because we didn't know how or because we were lazy or anything like that. It was because there were internal issues that were stopping us. There were grudges, there were slights, there were unresolved things going on. And I watched management be very frustrated with this. They brought in consultants and they did trainings and they tried to work things out and nothing worked because they focused on job training. So I thought, what if you focus on the people and what the devil is going on here and help them resolve conflict, resolve their problems, so, they get along better, that I would think would translate into a better attitude and thus better performance. So, that's essentially the concept. And I um, first went into a hotel and I worked with bar staff, I worked with restaurant staff, housekeeping. And I've done this with management and hourly employees because, in my mind, it's all connected. And um, the point is, oftentimes there are things going on with employees, communication, problem-solving, conflicts uh, that no one is addressing because either people don't, HR people or whomever, I don't know, managers, whatever, don't have the time or the skill set. They're not social workers. They're not uh, psychiatrists. And, And again, I want to backtrack there. This isn't therapy. It's not about that. It's about figuring out what the problem is and then going at it in a way that makes sense. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I was was looking at your website a little bit and you you had a quote on there. Hopefully I don't butcher too bad. But you said that the work component of any job is the easy part or the the people part is actually the most challenging aspect of the job. And I think you laid the groundwork there pretty nicely in your, in your description of the work that you're doing is that most people, most managers and leaders are training for the the job itself, but not the interpersonal communication. So just talk a little bit about that, why you think the people side is just so much more challenging and what, you know, what people can really do about it. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, by the way, I I love that you picked up that quote and you (laughs) did because that really summarizes the whole thing. And you're absolutely right. Look, I think there are a variety of things that, let me start with your, your question by, by giving you a couple of examples of bad communication, or, or let's not say bad, that's too general a word, but where there's miscommunication or where communication issues and problems are directly affecting the work. So I have a couple that come to mind. One is I worked with a five-star restaurant and the restaurant staff was in such a, Chaos, I mean internal chaos, where there were all kinds of unresolved uh, problems with them, such that they were arguing over who was going to cut the lemons. You know, to hear it, it sounds hysterical and it sounds funny and silly, but things can, I, I've seen it, I, I, things can get so deep and so people so angry and so, you know, unable to resolve things. And in this case there are many, many factors and I think they're relevant in all workplaces. You've got cultural, you've got language, sometimes there's an issue there. There's just people's inability in general to really confront things head-on. You know, it's, um, it's not easy. So, you know, you got a five-star restaurant and you're sitting there, you've spent five hundred dollars on lunch with your colleague or, or client, and you can't get a tea with lemon because nobody's cutting the lemons back there. So that's an extreme. Um, many, many others where uh, employees will be arguing over maybe what one would consider more important things. You know, you, you're I like think we've all had this experience where you're working in some kind of a team. You're working on a project together and somebody's just not pulling their weight somebody is always late for the meetings. Oh, I didn't have my material ready. You know, I had things to do or whatever. And this is a problem. Uh, Nobody quite wants to say, listen, hey, what the devil is going on here? You're not pulling your weight. Nobody wants to be that person. So then maybe some resentments grow. Maybe there's a passive-aggressive thing going on. Maybe, you know, this person gets ignored or whatever, or you, you pick up the work for him or her, and then That's not good either, because the work gets done, but then the resentment builds. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is that if there's a conflict, if there's a problem, sweeping it under the rug is just under the rug. It still gets coming out later. So I think that's an important thing uh, to remember.
0: Do you think that in those communication issues that do pop up, do you think there's an awareness around those sort of things? Uh, you know, where, where they're sweeping it under the the rug on purpose, or do you think it's sort of accidental? Like they really just have no awareness that there's there's just a barrier with communication on team with team members.
1: Well, do you well, you mean they as the man, the managers and supervisors? Or-
0: no, I, I really mean the employees because if. if- you know, at the employee level, if they're having conflict and they don't really understand how to deal with it, maybe they just don't understand that there's there's an issue. Yeah. Whereas managers, maybe as at a higher level, they can just sort of observe and, and see that there's issues. And maybe that's where they bring in somebody like you to really help exactly. facilitate the communication uh, uh, problems. Yeah,
1: I think, yes, you're absolutely right. A lot of times the people, the employees themselves are not really aware. So for example, I had an issue with one group of employees where someone was very, very negative on a regular basis, kind of just worked in a, you know, you know those people who nothing is ever good enough, nothing is ever right, and they really bring you down. It's really tough. Oftentimes, those people have no clue. They don't know that they're being really negative, that they're poorly affecting people, and nobody wants to tell them. So there's an, you know, there's a lack of, awareness there. The guy who's not pulling his weight might, you know, if you don't confront him, he thinks everything's okay. And the people around, you know, know there's a problem. They know something's not great. You know, Jane is really negative and that drives me crazy. But they don't have any clue really as to what to do about that. And I think that's where, you know, the idea of my work comes in. Uh, Because managers can see that, Obviously, maybe they don't see the exact thing, you know, but they're seeing that, oh, this group of employees, the staff is not working well together. And this seems to be the problem, but also a little tough for them to quite get in there and dig it out because they don't have the skill set and because they're the managers. So, you know, you're not really going to say, well, I don't like this one or that one because then, oh, you're going to look.
0: Talk talk to us about your unit experience. I imagine you saw a lot of conflict and communication issues in in general. What are some of the biggest lessons learned from just all of your experience in dealing with the conflict between either managers and employees or employees and employees, and just learning how to sort of break down barriers to communication and get people actually working together?
1: I think on... I guess the most basic thing I could say about that, in my what I've in my experience, what I've seen, and been part of, is that something that starts out small is not addressed, and it escalates and it becomes huge. And at the end of the day, we're all in the HR office with the union delegate and the union business agent, and it's a contractual issue. When it started out as something that probably could have been resolved had we sat down and gone through the facts and spoken about it, sometimes I think for five minutes, literally.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: it's... um. Because people get so emotional and so, and I understand that. I, I understand these things. Um, you know, I've <laughs> been emotional in, in job situations over something we feel passionately about or we feel we haven't been heard. I think that's part of it sometimes. And I, I, I do believe, I'm going to throw this in here. I, I do believe there are many small things that management and, and uh, organizations can do to start on the road to following up and and sort of creating a culture where you can solve these things in 5 to 10 minutes or maybe not solve but you can hear people and you can get it and be clear on the expectations. One thing is a check-in. So in my groups I do a check-in at the start of the meeting. You say your name and the sentence I feel and then fill in the blank with one word. And you can't use good or bad, because that's too general, but you can use anything else. And a check-in at the start of a shift is a very effective way to get a reading on what's going on. You know, you might say, gee, my name's Laura, and I'm really exhausted today. I was up all night with, you know, my baby was crying, and so I'm feeling kind of tired today. Okay, so now we know that. All right, so let's figure out then Okay, hey, Laura's a little tired today. She might be not totally on on target. So, let's try to uh, you know help her out here. So the next time, I'm the one helping you out or whomever else. It's a way to create a culture where people are supporting each
0: other rather and just they're comfortable with each other. They they know how to talk to each other.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And that's missing from many organizations because people are taken in and they, you know, as you said, very aptly, they're trained in the job. But then something happens and they don't quite know where to go with it. And I think the other thing that I would say about the unions versus in these big escalating problems is the other thing that I, I work on is where do you go to resolve a problem? And I think this is what I also saw as a mess uh, in the union work that I did, people running to HR or the union or both over things that in fact were personal problems. And neither HR nor the union was in a position to assist with it. You know, people are going to HR and saying, well, you know, um, I don't like how the uh, waiters are, I'm a busboy, and I don't like how the waiters are speaking to me, they're not respectful, or they're not tipping me enough, HR is not going to get involved in that. And that's a personal thing that, you know, you got to have a conversation. I like how you're treating me, and I do hard work, and, but that's not an easy conversation.
0: It's interesting because it really sounds like the root cause to a lot of these communications issues is that the the leaders of the company, the managers really haven't made it safe for the employees to really feel like they can talk with one another. Or maybe that's just they need more time to to, to get to know each other and, and sort of. I don't know. Just be able to break down the barriers, so they they know where each of them are coming from, and and sort of can have that empathy, and so they can see the other points of view. When somebody comes and says, "Hey, I just don't like the way you're treating me," I mean, how much do you think that's a root cause, or do you think there's something bigger at play with with most communication issues?
1: I think you're absolutely on target here. It's about feeling safe and able to. As you say, just confront and say, "Gee, uh, you know, see other points of view and hear what could be a critique." So when you said, um, "You know, gee, I, I, you know, I, I don't like the way you're talking to me," often that the person I, I've seen this too. The person who is being addressed says, "You know what? Then go to HR, or you know, yeah. file a complaint. You know, I don't want to hear it, or or who are you? Or I'll file the complaint because there's not." that's what they, you know, that's the nerd knee jerk reaction. And, you know, as you quite aptly say, if I felt safe enough to say to you, Hey, Brandon, I, you know, I'm what you said back there to me in front of that customer. I didn't really, that wasn't, I didn't like that. We've, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I did that. I didn't realize I was in a rush and I was busy and, and whatever. Okay. So we're done now. As opposed to, I don't say anything. I resent you. Then it gets bigger. You have no idea. And before you know it, you know, we're at odds. We can't work together, and it's a bigger problem.
0: In all the, in all the uh, years of in working with communication issues, what are some of the the most frequent things that pop up? And it, I just kind of want to get a little sample for what what sort of issues you're dealing with, because I imagine a lot of people listening will will definitely draw some parallels to to some of these stories.
1: I had this one is a, an interesting one. Two receptionists. They're uh, friends have been working as receptionists in this particular office for a long time, sitting next to each other, no problems, everything's fine. Their children are dating. Okay, that sounds okay. Now their children break up and they stop speaking to each other. So now what? Now they're not speaking to each other. Not an easy thing, right? There's, There's communication. It just breaks down. Totally breaks down. Another issue is, in general conflict. So you have a a bar staff and the bar back. The bar back is an assistant to a bartender and somebody who, you know, is supposed to assist. And in this particular case, this bar back is agreed by all the bartenders, is not doing the job. He's, he's disappearing at important times. He's not assisting. Uh, so one of the bartenders says to him, listen, I need you to be here more often. I need you very clearly, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and I feel like you're not doing it, and I need you to do this. Well, he gets very upset and goes to another bartender and says, oh, you know, Jane says that I'm not doing a good job, and what do you think? This bartender doesn't like conflict, so he says, oh, you're doing fine, which is not the truth. So now, poor Jane is under the bus, and the barback is feels free to do continue to do the job he's doing which is not great and you see that that it's it's a mess because you know there's so many little little things going on here i dealt with a group of managers who uh, and i believe this is a common issue where managers who work on different shifts often don't see each other So if I have the AM shift and you have the PM shift, I may be gone by the time you're even, you know, starting up. And I, I leave notes, of course, if I'm responsible and I, you know, send you a text or an email about if anything's happened, but there's not a real strong link there. So if I don't like you so much or I don't feel so great about you, you know, maybe I just kind of skirt out the door and leave some things for you to handle, uh, staff issues, And they come running to you and start screaming about something that happened on my shift. And now you're angry at me and you've got a big fat mess on your hands. So those kinds of things, management groups, we need strong communication.
0: So if if I'm in this situation or any of those stories, if I'm in a management leadership position and I sort of see this happening between my employees, do you think, you know, as a manager, should I just jump in, or should I and try to fix it and resolve the issues, or should you let it play out, or is there is there another alternative to sort of helping resolve those issues a lot faster, especially if you if you don't really know what's going on but you see friction?
1: I think the jumping in and attempting to fix, no. <laughs> yes, I
0: agree. <laughs> of, Figured you'd say that.
1: That that's no. Uh, I think, however. I think modeling, jumping in, and or not. Well, let's not just take jumping, not jumping in out of the picture. Um, I think modeling, sitting down and saying, "Hey, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing X, Y, and Z, and jobs not getting done. And this is this is what I see. And so let's talk about it." I see Jane doing this, whatever it is you you as the manager see. So this models a models, a direct approach. So instead of just kind of ignoring it or jumping in and saying, uh, listen, you people just got to get your act together and serve the customers. Cause that happens too. You know, it was like, Hey, which I get, I mean, there's frustration you got people to answer to and you want to just get the customer served. Um, but uh, sitting down and saying, listen, let's discuss this and see if we can work this out because what I'm seeing is X, Y, and Z, and we need to work this out. That's an approach. That's the approach to, to take with this. Letting it play out depends. If it's a small thing and it looks like it's going to just work its own kinks out, then yes, it's, it's always a judgment call, of course. But I think... I guess my uh, overall, the point would be to model that coming right at it and being direct about it and saying, I'm observing this and I'm, let's sort it all out, is that helps to create the safe atmosphere where that can be done, which is what we were talking about about 10 minutes ago, where you said, you know, to make people safe and comfortable enough to hear other points of view and not feel like it's an attack.
0: Laura, in your in your work, I'm not really sure how much how much time you spend on the conflict resolution versus sort of the proactive training side of communication. But if we sort of look at what managers and leaders, HR professionals can do, to sort of reduce the communication breakdowns that may happen in, in, the, in the future and that ultimately, as you kind of alluded to when you're talking about the union story, it ends up being a bigger conflict and a blow up than it really needs to be because it probably was some, some small at one point. What are, what are some things we can do, whether it's tools or training, that we could put it in the, the hands of our employees and managers that would really reduce a lot of the issues long term?
1: Well, I think the first one would be uh, what I mentioned about a check-in. I think checking yeah. in with your staff, whenever that occurs, whether the beginning of the shift, the end of the shift, depending on your business and how it works, I just think it's crucial to continue to keep keep yourself tuned in to what's going on. And however you uh, best with your management style, you want to do that, great, uh, but do it. Because- Often what I find is people want to be heard, not necessarily uh, you're going to fix their problem or you're going to respond. So in other words, if they have a suggestion, doesn't mean they expect you necessarily to take it, but they want to know they've been heard. So if you're checking in on a regular basis and really authentically saying you want to hear what's going on, that, that's the first step which really makes a huge difference. It really does. Other tools I think are what I what we just spoke about. So if you see something, you are tuned in and you see something that doesn't look right, to, to take the time to say, look, I'm seeing this and we need to discuss it. I also think from an HR perspective, a tool, uh, a training tool, I guess, for the management and leaders of the organization, uh, would be what I'm saying now. So I don't know that when, uh, you know, uh, that all managers are, are trained or told by HR, like, hey, listen, you need, you should be checking in, you should be tuning in, and let's talk about, even to have a training where you did that. You know, talk to you about different styles of tuning in and checking in, and what's worked for you, and what's not worked, and, and how about we try this. Um, those continued connections, on a on a regular basis, that's the key to all of it. Because the escalation happens when no one's minding the store, no one's paying attention, and uh, gee, she oh, she looks, she's really upset. Don't ignore it. Yes, we're not. It's not your job to deal with everyone's individual problems and all of that. And I get that. That's not the point. The point is like, oh, okay, that that doesn't look so good. Let me just file that away. And, and keep it in mind and, and just keep an eye on it. And then maybe, you know, it goes away. It was just a one-time you know, thing, Jane, well, Jane's okay now, but sometimes it's not. And the tuning in piece uh, is the key.
0: Let's take this a little further and have a little fun with it. Sure. If, if there's a, a utopian business environment where no communication issues ever existed and you might be out of a job, unfortunately, but what would, how would people treat each other and what would the sort of the vibe be amongst people and how, how really would they just avoid all the communication issues? Wow.
1: That's interesting. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. First of all, the utopia would actually have quite a lot of conflict in it. Mm. Yes. Um, This is something that I think is not uh, widely understood, but a healthy communicating group has conflict.
0: That's a great point. Yes.
1: Yes. I often in my teaching, when I teach group work, I tell my students, if your group, your staff, your meeting is all smiles and everyone's happy and agreeing with each other. You're not doing your job right because people disagree. And if they're keeping it quiet, that's not healthy. So a healthy utopian group would have lots of conflict. And that conflict would be managed in a methodical way, meaning uh, the leaders would be uh, working through it identifying the facts of the problem, what exactly is going on, let's explore it. Who said what, to whom, and why? Wow, that's, that's provocative, Let, let's, let's tell us more about that. Why, what's up with that provocative statement? Uh, and then you go through it and you, and you sort it out and you come to consensus rather than a majority vote or uh compromise or a winner loser thing again that's utopia you know we can all see each other's points of view empathize empathy is huge i think if there were more empathy in the workplace communication would be a lot better <laughs> well,
0: thank you for thank thank you for painting the picture that was uh it's not quite what I thought you'd say, but it makes total sense on the surface. If, if you have a lot of conflict and you work through it, then you're, I think you're more likely to to get to resolution a lot faster in the future. Yes,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: So on this sub, I know we're we're sort of out of time here, but any I want to give you a last word just about this subject. Any any thoughts, advice for the listeners, and any other links and resources that either your own work or other work that has sort of inspired you that you know people can get some value from.
1: Um, my website, I'll give you that, because that, that, that's the start of uh, there's a lot of things on there, which is uh, fromtheinsideoutproject.com. And as far as other links and resources, I work with a lot of social work books that I, uh, I had an interview a while ago where I thought was a very interesting idea. Um, the reporter was asking leaders and HR people what they read and what they look at. And I talked about reading a book called Skills for Direct Practice in Social Work uh, by Middleman and Wood. And this book is uh, skill-based. It's all different skills, and they're all people skills, not necessarily useful. I mean, it's a social work-directed book, but the skills are useful to everyone in any kind of interaction with people, whether it's an individ- individual one-on-one, whether it's a group, whether it's work or family or friends or colleagues. And, and the skills are described, explained, and with examples. And I think it's very practical guide. I'm all about practical. I think it's great to talk about theories, and there are many theories uh, about what kinds of things. It's, it's
0: hard to put it into action, though.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's hard to put it into action. And what do you, the question is, you know, totally legitimate. I can know everything in the world about the theories for conflict resolution and problem solving and all kinds of things. But at the end of the day, what do I do when there's a big disagreement and I'm somebody who you know, doesn't like conflict? I kind of avoid it. I'm uncomfortable with it. I want to sweep it under the rug, but I know I shouldn't. What practically do I do? And this book helps with those kinds of practical skills, which is, I think, the point here. I think that's what's missing um, in a lot of workplaces. And it's, you know, it's tough. I don't, I don't want to minimize it because conflict is not easy for anybody.
0: Certainly is not. Uh, Laura McLeod, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is a lot of fun. We'll definitely put links and resources up uh, for the things that you mentioned. Definitely to your website. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to, to chat with you again soon. This, is, this has been a lot of fun.
1: Great. I'd love to, Brandon. I've, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.